coaching humans on how to get clear about the work they're doing. By listening to others spill their guts, I know you'll relate, relieve some stress, and find the tools to freaking do what you feel called to do. Okay, boss babe. Oh, wow. You look fantastic. Thank you for being here. I am freaking loving business therapy. I am loving these conversations. I'm learning so much and you guys seem to be loving them too. We are getting incredible feedback and I really appreciate it. I especially love when you guys are sharing what you're doing while you're listening to the business therapy podcast. And I also really love when you're talking about the takeaways and the business therapy questions. So we are making a big effort. You guys know that I believe sharing is caring. We are making a big effort in the Allison's Brand School Instagram to be sharing those. So I want to encourage you to right now or maybe sometime during this episode to share the thought nuggets, share the gems, share the love that you're getting from business therapy. And we really, really appreciate it. We have a phenomenal, phenomenal interview for you today. And can you get over just how generous and open and transparent the people have been in these interviews. And Jade is absolutely no exception. We're talking to my girl, one of my Allison's Brand School coaches, the Jade Bennett. She used to be Finders Keepers Designs, recently had a name change, so don't be confused there. I adore Jade. She is absolutely hysterical, and she gets real and raw and open with us, talking about success, talking about money, talking about her relationship with her husband. So whether you're in an amazing place with money, or whether you are starting to realize you might have some roadblocks with money. I want you to know you're in good company because money and sex, money and sex, babes. That's what people have issues with, money and sex, and you are not alone. Let's get into it. I love what Jade shares with us. I've got the beautiful, the wonderful, the Jade... I'm going to say that you're just as crazy as me. Oh, yes. I think we've been diagnosed with the same conditions. <laughs> yes. And I love Jade so much. So she is the artist formerly known as Finder Keepers Design on Instagram as of like 10 seconds ago. 10 seconds. Yeah, that's my turnaround. We were just joking because she just changed her name to the Jade Bennett. This is what people want to talk about. They want to talk about what they should call their Instagram. That's true. And at the end of the day, Jade, I think it's really smart for you especially like the Allison show, it still has my name in it. I may or may not keep it. It still kind of accurately conveys what I do. But Finders Keepers Designs has nothing to do with your name. Well, and that's what's funny is when you first created an Instagram account for your business, cutesy is what we were going for. Do you know what I mean? Something catchy and creative. And now it's just more professional to have your own name, right? I think that it's a lot of things. I think that what you've decided you want to do has changed. What you've noticed your objectives are have changed. What you feel comfortable doing has changed. And you've owned 
owned your power a lot more. You've owned your role as a teacher. You've owned your role as not just someone who wants to talk about interior design, which you're very qualified in. You have clients, you teach workshops and courses in, but as a coach and a teacher and just a personality, whereas I always wanted my name in my Instagram because I knew that I wanted it to be about Allison. Absolutely. And it's been really interesting. I was just telling Ashley's Fresh Fix, people have started calling me awesome with Allison. And so that's why it actually just like in the last couple of days, it made me a little less attached to the Allison show because what matters to me is that Allison is in there somewhere. Of course. So the girl that I was talking to last night, and just to make this applicable to people who are at home, she was a designer, like a graphic designer, and she wanted to start selling products. And she said, should I open up a new Instagram to have my products? And I told her she had about five or 6,000 followers and her feed was just pictures of her typography. Yes. And I said, you should absolutely not start a new feed for your products because your products are going to have your style and your typography on them. You have five or 6,000 followers here and it was her name. I would totally agree with that. And so anyway, people who are listening, these decisions at the end of the day, they matter and they absolutely do not matter. Nobody cares and everybody cares. They matter in that, like, what do you want? Where do you want your business to go? Does it make sense to have your name? She's like, well, what if I want to sell my business? And I'm like, girlfriend, if you get your business to any point or degree that you want to sell it, then you will have built up your following big enough to start a side shop project like Justina Blakeney, who licenses her patterns. She's an artist. And then she has like shops or like, oh, joy. Exactly. That's why I think you're also someone, Jade, who could license patents, license product as a designer, as an interior designer. So having your name on there, and then you could start up even a finder's keepers shop if you wanted. Agreed. I loved the name of the business, but also keeping it separate and adding more of who I am. And like we were saying, not just interior design here, there's lifestyle, there's a personality. I've already been doing it and just changing the name was sort of solidifying. And like you'd said earlier, just sort of owning that that really is a part of what I'm doing. I love that. So Jade is another one of my absolutely gorgeous, talented, wonderful, beautiful brand coaches who works with me in Allison's Brand School. Jade really is one of my top coaches who like I would pimp out to other people to hire and do more coaching. So what I want to talk to you about today is something that we've talked about a little bit in the past. And it has a lot to do with this idea of evolving and growing and taking ownership of who you are. So tell me what's a pain point in your life right now. Let's get into some business therapy. I feel like the thing that keeps coming up, which has kind of taken me a long time to admit that it's a pain point because I would prefer to say it's not, is that making money is a pain point. I have made a substantially larger amount of money last year from this year, but I don't identify as someone who wants to make money, if that makes sense. And I always thought, oh, that's just me. I just don't care about money. And then I opened my mind to the idea of like what money really can do for you and how it could expand what I already do love to do in generosity and giving back or providing for my family or whatever. And then it got real uncomfortable (laughs) that I wanted money to myself. And I I just found myself still like ramming into walls um, whenever I try to like really own making more money or sort of identifying as someone who makes a good amount of money, if that makes any sense. Well, and I love this. Thank you so much for bringing this up as a pain point, because I think regardless, um, you know, for all of our amazing boss babes who are listening, regardless of whether they're making money or they want to make money, all of us have very, very complicated relationships with money. I read this in a book one time that people have complicated relationships with money and sex. 
sex. And I've been dying lately at like all of the um, alarms that go off, like how uncomfortable I can make people feel just by saying the word sexuality, not even saying how I feel about it. And I don't do that in a disrespectful way or in a glib way, but we all have such complicated relationships and people have the same response to money. Agreed. I really appreciate you opening up about this. Please tell me what your relationship was growing up with money. Did you have money growing up? Were you comfortable growing up? What was it like as a kid for you? Growing up, we always had money from the age that I could at least understand it. I did not work. I did not pay for my own gas. And so I never had problems with money, but my mom grew up poor. Even when we had money, my mom did have sort of a scarcity mentality. And I do remember some of that fear creeping in and saying it out loud, well, we can't afford that or we can't do this. Um, So I do remember feeling scared of money sometimes, but also I knew that we had it. I just, my dad made it. I never made my own money. My dad always made our money. My mom didn't make our money. My dad did that kind of thing. What do you think your ideas were about people who had a lot of money? You know what? We did have a good amount of money. And then we had friends that had even more money than us. And I remember one specific story of this guy that I love. He was actually my orthodontist. My parents wanted to downsize and move into a smaller house in a neighborhood we used to live in. Not because they had to, just because they wanted to. And he said to my dad, oh, you want to go over there with those people? And I remember my dad being like so grossed out by this concept because my dad also grew up raised by two school teachers in a small town in Arizona. And so he never acted as if he had a lot of money and he never treated people as if he was better because he had made money. And so I think I did have a stigma about people who made a lot of money. And even though I realized that was my dad, he never acted that way. A couple of things I'm picking up on because I know you is this idea of gender roles. The man makes the money. Yep. It's very traditional. The man makes the money and the woman nurtures and supports the family. This is something deeply, deeply ingrained in you, even if not outrightly told to you. Mm -hmm. And then having too much money can lead you to be the type of person who thinks you're better than other people, maybe. I think that's one of my negative beliefs as I've been looking at it a little bit. And what do you think about just your ability to make money? I mean, I get afraid, I know, of like stepping into the concept of like providing or, or making a significant amount that we would depend on. Up until this point, my money has been a benefit, like an extra. I would like to go to Disneyland. Okay, I'll pay for that, you know, kind of a feeling. But as my husband is wanting to step away from his main job, I want to make more money for him to be able to do what he loves and for our family. And yet it scares me and I'm like afraid. We'll argue. I'm afraid that men need to make the money and women, you know, those gender roles really do run deep in my blood. But I think they're holding me back because I don't think my husband feels that same way as I do. Well, and I even want you to notice the language that you're only saying out loud that you're giving yourself permission to make money for other people, but you won't even say out loud, I want to make money. You're only giving yourself permission to do it if it's going to benefit other people. You're right. You're a genius. You're right. I am. It's not that I'm a genius. One, it's I know your nature and I know your why because you're a coach at the workshop and because you wear it on a necklace around your neck is that you're a nurturer. Yes. And that you want to nurture. And so I know your nature is to nurture and mm-hmm. you're very nurturing. I've witnessed that as your friend and also as a coach watching you nurture those around you. I've also witnessed that attending your workshop. You like to nurture your students and bring them into your space. You like to teach people how to make their homes a place where they can nurture themselves and nurture other people. I want to then use this word that I know contains a lot of power for you, which is nurture. And let's examine some ways that having money and making money helps you nurture yourself. That's a great question. I do 
know that since I have been making more of my own money, that being able to kind of guilt-free take the time to take care of yourself with the money that you make for yourself, there is way less stigma that I even put on myself when I'm spending my own money to buy clothes or to get my hair done or to get my nails done or to do some of those upkeep kind of feelings. I do feel less guilty when I'm making my own money, when I'm taking care of myself for sure. Have you been able to see how you feeling less guilty and having a little more time and space? Can you think of any specific instances that has enabled you to take care of people around you more? Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's say some of them out loud. I know that like just little things, which my husband, when he has fallen short on something or when bills have come up, I have been able to go here. I got this. This is great. And be able to take care of them that way. When my sister needed something, it's been so fun to be able to have extra money and go, I want to buy you this rug for your master bedroom because it's so cute. It's on sale and I want to get it for you. So those opportunities to serve people that I love and care about have been a huge driving force in keeping me wanting to make money, if that makes sense. And I remember when you and I, when I took brand school before I was a coach and I was just taking it, I raised my hand and we had this conversation about me feeling sort of guilty to give swipe ups to my followers that seemed like too much money to me or whatever. And you'd said to me, I would never see it that way. Like you're solving a problem for me and giving me a solution to my need of a rug or this or that. I do know that I feel nervous that I will overly indulge people in spending money so that I can make money off of them. That would be like the Mm. grossest thing in the world to me, you know? Yeah. And I think it's so great to be aware of that. And I think it's really good to have this relationship with money where we can see how it's this beautiful, positive thing that can give and feed and clothe and connect the world, but to not become overly attached to it because money is only as good as the master who is controlling it. Oh, I love that. And so money is your servant. And like anything else, the person who wields the power of this inanimate object gives power to this inanimate object. The object itself is devoid of any power. It's really only the power that we give it. And so you've even seen what I do at the workshop is, you know, we're offering some coaching to people who come to the workshop. And I said, hey, I really believe in this coaching. It's really affordably priced. I know it will benefit you. However, if you feel like purchasing this coaching is going to keep you from taking action and just keep you in the cycle of receiving more advice instead of taking action. But I also think where this nurture can extend itself too far is that you're going to be responsible and you're going to share responsibly and you're not going to take campaigns or talk about products that you don't believe in. And guess what? If you wanted to share a $10,000 rug, I would support you in sharing a $10,000 rug. You just don't share $10,000 rugs. Absolutely. It's become a part of my brand and a part of me is that I do attract people who also like a good deal, which I think is a great quality, but I don't want to, I have found that I idealize thriftiness and then sort of demonize wealthiness. Do you know what I mean? Or frivolousness maybe is the better term. And I don't want to do that anymore because it's life is not that black and white, you know? At the end of the day, it's not your responsibility to make sure somebody buys the absolutely appropriately priced rug for them. They're an adult with purchasing power. And I don't say that to, to relieve you of the responsibility that you have as an influencer and as somebody who shares their opinion. But I share a pair of pants that are several hundred dollars and I really like the pants that are several hundred dollars 
$200, you don't need to buy the pants that are $200. I don't even tell you to buy the pants that are $200. Totally. If you're interested in the $200 pants, you can buy them. Back to this idea of you making money, you making more money than your husband. You said, what kind of conversations have you had with him? This was interesting. It has always been, he is raised in a really traditional family also. So I know he wants it to be his job to make money and never. So that's the funny thing is organically, I I created this business and this platform and this audience that I love and are wanting to help me and, and to support me in my dreams. He would always be the provider. I would always be this. But sometimes life just throws you the direction it throws you. And I have an opportunity to make money and I'm afraid of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We never set it out to be this way. He would prefer to just be some millionaire and be doing great. But there's even opportunities for us to merge what we do together. And those things kind of scare me and hold me back because I would never want him to feel like I was stepping on his toes or taking something that he wishes he could do. Have you told him that? I have told him that. And what does he say? He laughs. <laughs> and I was with someone this weekend and they're like, I was saying you know, I don't want Ty to feel this way. And I'm a bad at reading people's temperature and getting it wrong. I'm like, I think he looks annoyed. And they're like, I think you should just try to make more money than him and then see how he feels. That's a good problem to have. And so I think he feels that way. Like if it happened and it was organic and natural, I think it would feel good. And I think he would be okay with it. And I'm seeing so many more husbands, like you're saying, it's sort of evolving to where they do work together. And whether she started it or he started it, it's this relationship business. It's like, we're in this together as a couple, which is a exactly how we would feel about him making money. So why would I assume he wouldn't feel that way about me making money? Exactly. So there's a couple of things I just want to make you aware of is again, giving yourself permission to make money only if it happens accidentally. That's a really big part of your story. If it happens organically, I wasn't expecting it because you still need everyone to understand that this isn't something that you would have gone after. What is happening to me? It's just years and years of programming. And it's also, again, that nature is a nurturer where it's like, you know, you're the wind beneath the wings. You want to just make sure you feel really comfortable and really good about yourself in that role. So you want to make sure you're keeping yourself in that role is what you're subconsciously doing. No, that makes sense because I do feel comfortable just sitting back and supporting him and going, okay, do it, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm not correcting it or anything like that. It's just an awareness thing. It's an awareness of your story. And I just like to offer you like a what if, what if you got aggressive about your financial goals? Sometimes I feel like, how would I even do that? You know what I mean? Like, because so many things, and you and I have talked about this, have happened quote unquote accidentally, which I'm starting to own that I actually created this, even if it wasn't super intentionally. I'm going to take ownership of that in a positive way. But yeah, sometimes I do feel like I accidentally did this. So if I was going to get serious about it, what would that even look like? What do you want to do? I mean, I want to continue to educate women on the power that they have in creating beautiful homes for themselves. I want to continue to make women laugh and feel happy and loved. And like they have a sense of friendship when they're with me in my social media or in my work or whatever, when they meet me in real life. But that energy that it takes is valuable to me. And you said this in brand school that that value, it takes money because money is value and energy and they all go circular. I can't do this for free. You can't do it for free and scale it bigger than it is. Yes, that's a very good point. Now, my question to you is, what does a really good day look like? You had asked me these questions before and I don't know why I stumble over them so badly when 
I should know, but a really good day, honestly, would be, I would love to work with my, to see my husband more during the day for our kids to see us together more during the day. I would love for it to be more of a fluid thing where we worked when the time was set aside, but it wasn't necessarily the restrictions of a nine to five. And definitely it would look like a lot more togetherness. Okay. So first off, the reason why you don't have a set answer, even though I've asked you the question before, is because you're continuing to have experience in gain experience. And so that question is going to continuously evolve as your experiences change and evolve. So one, that's so great that that's happening because it means you're actually paying attention and it means you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. Two, that is a hysterically different answer than anything I've ever say in my entire life. Sometimes I worry that because I'm around women like you, they're powerful and have all these goals. And then I'm like, am I even going to be able to do it if this is my literal goal? in life because Jade this is the exact trap that all of us get stuck in is we start to think that in order to be successful our success has to look similar to the successful people around us oh I and love it's that so so limiting and this has happened to me unintentionally where I'll look at Susan Peterson or I'll look at people I admire online and I go they have a team like this in order to get their level of success I need a team like this or they have a relationship with their husband like this in order to get to the level of success. I need a relationship or I need to make money like that. And it's so bananas how easy it is to do and then snap up and be like, that's not me at all. Yes. I'm having this exact crisis. At the end of the day, you are so much like my sister, Andrea. And we've talked about this before and what her goal was, her ultimate outright goal was to start a business with her husband. That was her goal. And she loves to say, no, I wanted to be a PTA mom with seven children and, you know, have him make millions of dollars. It's just not true. She's so busy and so high powered and so good at doing what she does. She was going to run some sort of organization in some way, right? And that's you. You have a lot of energy. You have a lot to give. You're very, very social. It does not drain you to be with people all of the time because that's just true to your nature, you're recharged, you're energized by what's going to drain someone else. And so absolutely what I do or what someone else does is going to look completely different because you're charged by different things. Yeah. How is Ty with that much together time? He would like it too. We actually function really well. So I really think that we would do great in business together. Here's the one other thing that, and I love that. And the one other thing that I want to go back to and examine when it comes to your idea of money is you saying that you're going to earn more money than your husband is the exact same situation that women get into when they start looking at their business and they say, I can't go and work for $10 an hour because I owe the babysitter $10 an hour and I have to make exactly as much money to cover me being gone. Literally puts your role as a mom at the same pay scale as a babysitter. That's like unacceptable, which is... you're doing that to tie. Yeah, you're right. And so that's the thing too, is like sometimes, you know, with Eric, I genuinely, emotionally, physically, and every which way, psychologically cannot do the work I do without the support of Eric. It would not be the business without him. And I know that I've seen that not in a lip service. Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, she'd be in the mental hospital. 
at all. No, he is your rock. He is my rock. And also he gave me the luxury of growing a platform by being out there doing a job that wasn't his dream job and earning money to pay bills so I could grow a platform and build a business without taking out any loans or going into any huge amount of debt. He was able to pay bills. And then when the time came, I had the platform, I had the marketing resources to monetize. And then now do I make more of the money that pays the bills at this moment as he's building his business? I do, but like, it doesn't mean anything either which way. Do you see what I'm saying? Because both of it contributes to our family and our overall life experience. And I love that. And I think that is what has been powerful to be. So the contrast is thinking you have to do things exactly the way other people do them to be successful. And then the good thing about sort of looking outside of yourself is seeing that this idea and this way of living is normalized by women that you respect, by boss babes, by this group of like-minded people coming and sort of writing a story that you can relate to that makes you feel normalized, that you can point to and go, oh, this is kind of what I'm doing. And it looks like this is working. And and that makes you feel comfortable and a little bit more confident to follow your own way. And and I love that. And that's the power of this podcast. That's the power of coming to the, the workshop in person. That's the power of finding people who are living a life that you would like to, to live and surrounding yourself with them because there's so much scientific research on the people that you surround yourself completely changing uh, all of your habits. And so, so I love that because it can really go both ways. And I'm glad you've pointed that out. So what I want to do now is I think it's just really great to just have the awareness around those money limitations to give yourself a couple of exercises of what if I made money goals? What if the burden or the privilege or the honor, depending how you decide to phrase it, of paying our mortgage was mine to pay? How would that hold me more accountable to showing up for myself and my business? on a day-to-day basis. I love that. The other thing about money is it it forces you to take things to the next level because you know when I get creative and you know when I start really churning crap out is when I don't have enough money to pay a bill. That is true, yes. And so I always notice that I can be twiddling my thumbs on a project. I don't know if I want to do it. I don't know if it's my purpose. And then I don't have enough money to pay my employees and I'm like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. This is my purpose, I think. You and I both can get a little precious. That's true. And at the end of the day, Here's the thing to remember, Jade. We are freaking privileged beyond all privileged to have work. We are freaking privileged beyond all privilege to be able to feed our families. We are white privileged females who have a responsibility to make that money if we can make it and then to look around us and see how we can help those around us. I just had this thought because what a beautiful world it will be when these powerful, intentional, nurturing women are having all this money. What will we do with it? How will we put it back into the world? I love that concept that you just like took me to church on that one. I feel that in my soul. And what I feel for you and me, and this is something I'm really trying to think about on the brand school and I'll just open up is we're not diverse. We're not diverse. And it's my responsibility to find and bring and nurture that diversity. Yes, yes. And so this goes back to, we can sit at home all day and ho-hum about offending our husbands and our culture and should I make money and what if I make money? But at the end of the day, that's really, really privileged 
I actually hear it. And that's what I have to remind myself is you've been given the opportunity to use your skills to make the world a more beautiful place. You've been given the opportunity, even if you don't make money 10 years from now, for these next couple years to make money and contribute to the world. And man, if that's not kind of a moral obligation, I don't know what is. I get that. To get really prayerful about it, because I know that's what you like to do, like me, to get really prayerful about it and be like, man, I've only been thinking about myself. And and I'm not calling you out. I'm calling myself out. I have only been thinking about myself. And do I want to make money? And do I want to grow this? And what do I want my life to look like? And holy hell, there are so many people out there who don't get that. You are so lucky. So let's look at your resources. And this is just from a business perspective. Let's look at your resources. You effortlessly connect with people. You're never drained by connecting with people. These are freaking powerful resources, Jade. I don't have that resource. I get very drained. You know me. Yeah. I really appreciate you pointing it out because when you've had something your whole life as a gift, you tend to often not recognize it. Yes. The other huge resource that you have to your advantage is a husband who is turned on by your power. Yeah. He is. He thinks it's sexy. You're not wrong. I'm the one who is like, are you sure you think it's cute? Are you sure? (laughs) You know what I mean? And he's like, I'm here and I love it. And he married me this way, even though I didn't have a business. I have this personality, you know? (laughs) It's not like you haven't always been who you are. So he leans into this power. He loves this power. And I've talked with him and you, and he likes to brainstorm on ideas with you. Now, there's a difference between brainstorming and execution. Do you think he would like to execute with you? I do. I actually honestly do. And coming at it from this angle, as opposed to me like, well, what do you want to do, babe? But like, babe, what can you do for me? Just owning that it's something I've created and saying, hey, how can you help me with my business? Instead of what could we start brand new out of nowhere together? Like this is life changing this information. Well, and here's the other thing, Jade, is there are so many resources for you to reach out to in this position. So there are so many women. And now this is a business model that works for a lot of people. Does it work for me in my marriage? Not necessarily. That doesn't mean that it isn't. Let's go through Taza, Naomi Davis, her husband came on. He manages the business. Rach Parcell's husband helps and manages her business a lot. I know you've got Amber Filler Up. Amber Filler Up, her husband. You've got Andrea from Tubby Todd. There's so many women who their husbands have a knack for some of the sides of the business. Uh, Jody Moore brought her husband into her business and also Brooke Castillo brought her husband into her business in their life coaching businesses. And here's the other thing to remember is just because he comes in for a period of time does not mean it's gonna, it has to be that way the rest of your life. You can try it for a, a period of time. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so you try it on for a year and you say, let's go all in for a year together. And the suggestion I would give you is to sit down and to clearly say, here's what I think you should be in charge of. Here's what I want final say over. Because Eric and I do this for the podcast. At the end of the day, I have final say over what goes on Awesome with Allison. Absolutely. And he knows that. Now, how can I then get him to have more ownership and buy-in in certain things? And sometimes he doesn't have as much ownership and buy-in because at the end of the day, I still 
want to make the calls I want to make. And then I have to be okay with him not having as much ownership as I want him to be as excited about things because I didn't give him the buy-in. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think opening up some lines of communication with some of these women is resources, sitting down and really looking at Ty's strengths, what he sees moving forward. And then how do you make money goals? You write them down. That's how you make them. Okay. That's so good. I think I avoid that. And it's just a part of the physical process of mentally taking yourself seriously. Here's the best advice I think with money goals is you just have to have an idea of what amount of money you want, why you want it, and a vague semblance of an idea of how you think you're going to get it. Love that. And that's it. Not an exact step-by-step plan of how you're going to get it. Not that we have to make exactly this much in Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, because your business is like mine. And when I have tried to do that, it has made me crazy. Some people work really well that way. Susan Peterson works really well that way. You're a little bit more like me. Ty might work really well that way. In fact, you might say to him, I only want broad strokes about the money. Don't talk to me about the individual things because they make me sad. You see what I'm saying? Like, Don't give up ownership of the money. You need to have an understanding of what you're spending your time on and what's yielding a financial return so that you know what to nurture, what to let go of. And then also, I love to do things that don't make me any money, just knowing that and then using that as an educated decision. I love that so much. So just some action steps going forward. Sit down, write down those money goals to get together with Ty, assess your strengths, his strengths. And then, you know, you've done the brand work. Look for the holes in your business. What are the systems and structures that are missing? What are the things that cause you headaches? What are the areas and opportunities you see for growth in your business? And then I think the thing to do is like you said, is to outline that time, get together, not when you're in bed, not when you're about to fall asleep, but get together, get your notebooks out, get your calendars out and decide the next two to three months of projects, what they're going to look like and what the steps are that you guys are going to start taking. And you can always start by just trying a single project. That's a great idea. So it's not quit your job and come work for me. It's like, we're going to accomplish this project together. What roles do we naturally fit into and go from there? Yes, absolutely. And so I had Eric come in and and help me organize some of launching my Awesome On Demand program. And it was great. He helped organize some stuff. We were really overwhelmed. We had so much work to do. And then he no longer does that anymore. We're just seeing who fits in what roles by trying with projects first. I do like that because I hired my first assistant and it is a learning curve and how to be a boss or how to work with others in a business format is very different for me than how to operate with your friends, asking people for what you need and expecting them to do it for you is an interesting new uh, relationship for me. It is a learning curve. And then I think also just, you know, as an exercise for you and an exercise for anyone out there who has a relationship with money that they would like to start to heal is just start thinking of looking to positive times in your life where money has served you and helped you be more of the type of person you want to be rather than looking at all the ways money isn't making you who you want to be. From not like what it could turn you into in a negative way, just what it could help you accomplish in a positive way. And then also, I think another really important thing to do is to keep ourselves in check. And are we contributing to charities? Are we donating to political campaigns of people who we think can 
make a difference in our communities and in the world? Are we donating to campaigns of people who don't have access to business education? You know, trying to educate myself more and contribute to people who I want to see, you know, make changes. They need money to do that. And, you know, it's just like you vote with your dollar. Am I being educated and voting with my dollar? I love that. I think we continue to evolve as people. And I I see in my future that as something I really hope to continue to do and something I feel like you could get very passionate about as well. There is so much good to be done with money and supporting things that you believe in, that you are passionate about, people you're passionate about. So yeah, I'm right there with you. I could totally get into all of it. And I love that. And just for any boss babe who's listening, who's like, I don't have any money, but I want to volunteer. Just remember, like we're all in different phases of our lives. And sometimes we have money and sometimes we have hours, but we all have something to give and to contribute. Okay, don't you love her so much? Be sure to go and tell her thank you on Instagram at the Jade Bennett. That is B-E-N-N-E-T-T. Jade, you are the best. So now let's take some of those questions, some of those things that I talked to Jade about and turn them into business therapy questions. We want to make this work for you. Our first business therapy question is address your money issues by filling in the blank with your gut reaction. Okay, so I'm going to give you a sentence. Now, remember, all of this is great in your head, but if you actually get out a piece of paper and you really write this down, you're just getting free coaching. Okay, you're welcome. Let's move on. (laughs) Fill in the blank. I can make money if... Now ask yourself, is this really true? So as I was talking to Jade, we saw that her making money or her being successful was conditional. It was conditional on a few things. There might be some conditions or some parameters around making money in your life that you don't even really realize. So for Jade, one of those things was, I can make money if I'm not trying too hard, or I can make money if it's organic. I can make money if there's not some like striving or effort behind it. So do that for yourself. I can make money if, fill in the blank, and then you ask yourself, is this really true? Or is this some perimeter or parameter that you've created for yourself? Okay, business therapy question number two. What would you do if everyone gave you permission and made you feel comfortable doing it? What would you do if everyone gave you permission to do that thing and made you comfortable doing it? And then when you think of that answer, ask yourself, do I need that permission? Do I actually need permission? So if your answer is, I would be an attorney and I would fight for the rights of underprivileged children, do you need permission? No, but you need a law degree, right? Like You need a law degree. But then even if you're like, okay, I need a law degree, but ask yourself like, could you fight for the rights of underprivileged children without a law degree? Ooh, yes, you absolutely can. Okay, our third business therapy question. I want you to think of a money-related goal. Address how much you want, why you want it, and a rough idea of how you're going to get it, and write this down. This is absolute magic. I love this formula. It has served me so many times in my life. How much money you want, doesn't matter how much money you want. If you just arbitrarily say you want a million dollars, then you have to say why you want that million dollars because you've got to really, really want it. And then a rough idea for how you're going to get it. I am not talking step-by-step detailed ideas. That's going to hold you back. What are some ideas you have for how you're going to get that money? And then you take action on that goal. Yes, yes, yay. 
I am loving these business therapy questions. We're gonna be posting them in our Allison's Brand School Instagram and Instagram stories. And if you take the time to answer them and when you take the time to answer them, hop on over to our Instagram at Allison's Brand School and share with us how you're answering them. And let me tell you why this matters. Couple of things, what we're doing here is we're helping hold you a little more accountable. We're giving you almost some homework, a reason to do it. And then the second thing we're doing is you're helping other people when you share. That's it. I mean, really that's what I care about is putting out as much of this information for free. It's valuable. I mean, I do have people paying me thousands of dollars. Like I'm not just saying this information is worth thousands of dollars. People are actually paying thousands of dollars. And my goal is just to put as much value and information out there for free. But the problem with freebie freebie stuff is that a lot of time we don't take action on it. So I love this idea of holding you a little more accountable and taking action. Speaking of taking action, another great way to take action is to spend a little bit of money to show up in person and to move forward with a goal. And that is one reason we are doing a fantastic event called IG for you you, Instagram for you, how to use Instagram to work for you. So whether you are making a lot of money with or without Instagram, if you are interested in how that magical, very popular platform of Instagram can work for you, we are having a fantastic event in September in Utah. It's very, very affordably priced because we are doing it one time. We would love to have you there. The privilege of um, and blessing of being there in person is that you're going to be able to ask your questions. We're going to have a panel of people who are experts on Instagram. I'm very, 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 very picky. If you have our influencer courses, you know I'm very picky about who I talk to. Ashley Rose Reeves and I will be speaking about Instagram, sharing some really, really awesome ideas and strategies that are new and I haven't seen anywhere else about how to create a really good relationship with Instagram and how to make it work for you. And on top of that, we'll be bringing in some people that will be there for you to ask your questions to. And I only bring people who are transparent, people who are working hard and people whose success didn't happen accidentally or overnight. I really believe in talking to people and sharing ideas that we can back up with experience and that are reproducible and that's everything we do here on Business Therapy. So head over to allisonsbrandschool.com or allisonsbrandschool on Instagram. Check out our IG for you event. We would love to have you there. It is filling up. We're so excited. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much for being here and of course I just want to encourage you that if you feel called to do it, freaking do it. My man, Mr. Eric Robertson, wants to invite you to join Pleasant Pictures Music Club. If you are a content creator, you can save 20% off with the code Business Therapy. So go to pleasantpictures.club and enjoy this jaunty tune.